this is your time. How can we earn twice as much in half the time with joy and ease while serving the highest good? That is our guiding question here at the Free Time Cafe, your home for heart-based business. I'm your host, Jenny Blake. Join me for conversations with authors, friends, and fellow business owners as we explore ways to free your mind, time, and team to do your best work. Now, on to today's show. Hello, my friends. I am delighted to be here today with Shone Williams. She is one of these just brilliant, bright, beautiful people in my life. I happened to meet her through Dory Clark, the ultimate connector, many, many years ago. Joni's career began in entertainment 23 years ago as a background vocalist and songwriter. And it took kind of a surprising turn when she wasn't credited or compensated for her work. So she committed her life to educating and protecting entrepreneurs through her work as a lawyer, a coach, a teacher, business advisor on entrepreneurship. And now she has pivoted and she's living in New Orleans, teaching yoga and doing some additional work as a spiritual counselor, which I'm really excited to get into. So Jone, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's so awesome to be here. Thank you so much. What I have not yet told listeners is that this is round two of our conversation. So Jone and I had a, a previous recording. I was in a hotel trying to do a workation for the day. And there was just a jackhammer that happened to be working right next to my room all day long during a day where I tried to stack a bunch of podcast interviews. So between that and some other technical difficulties, this is round two. But I actually want to start off with a real gem that Jone surfaced in round one which is that at the peak of her law practice about five years in, she had her dream clients. They were million-dollar earning entrepreneurs. She had every opportunity in the world, just a growing team. And Jone, you said something so profound to me, which was that you had this aha moment, or as you called it, a come-to-Jesus moment, where you realized you were starting to sabotage your own success just so that you could rest. Yes, that was definitely a pivotal moment in um, a turn in my personal journey. I, um, I, I was very, very committed to you know the the image and the 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 ways in which I was putting my work out into the world. And you know, as an entrepreneur, you can't. Oftentimes, you can't ever look like you don't have it together. You know, that's that's one at that time anyway. It wasn't celebrated to to fall apart or to need rest or anything. We were definitely at that time a part of like grind culture, make it happen, do it. It was very, very, very like that. And so I was working around the clock. I had a team of like 11 people. I, I felt very, 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 very burnt out and I could feel it. I could feel that I was really energetically like sabotaging my business. And I and I had the, one of those moments where I felt it one day and it was I was afraid. I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do these, you know, things that other people are telling me that I need to do. Like, I'm not going to, you know, stop doing this and start doing that. And, but literally when I was talking to my accountant, my accountant was like, there's nothing else for you to do or to cut or anything. So I don't know what's going to happen. And I was launching um, because I had, you know, courses and things like that. Things were just, they just weren't, 
hitting the way that they should. Like the the numbers weren't there. Like things were just happening, and I could feel that it was me. It wasn't my audience. It wasn't you know my team. It was literally me just feeling like I'm so tired and I don't want to be on this hamster wheel anymore. I want freedom. I want space. I want time. I could feel it, and so things just started to kind of uh, do like a a, a nosedive from there, kind of descend, and you know, and it ended up me having to literally take the whole year of 2016 off. I think it can be so hard when you you're experiencing all the success that you could have dreamed, and. In fact, you were so successful and had so many big clients on retainer that you grew your team, like you said, to 11 people. And I I always imagine that that must be such a hard balance to strike is when do you increase your overhead and actually bring on employees? But at what point does it become completely overwhelming and where it's so much pressure just to meet your payroll? And like, I don't know, there are clearly so many business owners who can thrive having these huge teams. I wonder how do you set that sweet spot and how did you know looking back or how do you know now looking back then that that overhead as he describes as a hamster wheel was just too much like too much for you Yeah so so in retrospect you know I was growing very very fast and I think that what I've realized now in in my entrepreneurial journey at this point I'm uh 11 years in I believe it is and I and I just think that slow and sustainable for me is it wins the race so to speak like growing incrementally growing more strategically I love you know quantum leaps and things like that but I'm not going for those anymore what I'm going for now is making sure that everything is like solid, make sure everything is running well, make sure that everyone's serviced well, make sure that everything is quality, make sure that it's something that I'm actually proud of, not trying to keep up with. And I think that that is the difference for where it is that I am now versus where I was then. I was just trying to meet the demand. Like there was a lot of demand coming in and I was just hiring people and trying to just, you know, figure it out as I go. But there wasn't enough systems and structures, in my opinion, in place to sustain the level of growth that I was growing. And so that's why it felt essentially like a hamster wheel for me. And I, and I, every day I was waking up with heightened levels of anxiety. I was waking up in panic attacks sometimes because I was so afraid of everything just kind of crumbling down and everything just kind of disintegrating, you know? And I remember there's one moment where I remember like, I was on the bridge. Um, I was driving over the Brooklyn Bridge into Manhattan to go to my my apartment. And I was on the phone with my mom. And I remember saying to her, like, what if I fuck this up? <laughs> and I remember saying that to her. And she was like, you're not. It's going to be fine. And I had just like landed my biggest client ever. Like, he was amazing. And like, I was so nervous that I was like, you know, I was excited, but I was also like really nervous. Like, oh my God, it's like, what if I screw this up? You know? And my mom is like, you're not, it's going to be fine. And, but I could feel it inside. I was like, you know, the, the fear, the fear that was inside of me and like having to, I felt like I had to like really over deliver and really come hard and really do all of this stuff and whatnot. But again, I didn't have the systems to actually sustain that. And so, you know, when you put 
people in a certain type of expectation around what they will receive, you have to keep up with it. And so I feel like in some ways I was sabotaging myself out of the fear. Um, And then in some ways I felt like I was just really tired and realized that I wanted to shift my business and I wanted to do things differently, but I didn't know how to get out of it. And, you know, what happens when you're when you're burnt out is you burn shit down often. (laughs) It's so true. That is so true. And isn't it crazy that you were driving on a bridge when you had this conversation with your mom? So you were like stuck in between, neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, it's it's very, very, it's very, very um, clear in my mind, like driving over that bridge and talking to my mom and being so afraid that everything that I worked for was going to come crashing down. It was almost like self-fulfilling prophecy at that moment. So yeah. (laughs) Were you on the hook at that time when you had this team were you still doing a lot of the work for these VIP clients? Was that part of the stress that you were managing all the operations while also delivering legal services on retainer? No, um, I had I had a team of lawyers who were doing the work that I had hired to do the work. But what I found was many of my clients, they, they weren't used to other people doing the work. They wanted me to do the work. Like they wanted me to be connected. They didn't want to hire the firm. They wanted to hire me. And so as I was trying to hire attorneys to help me with the levels of legal work, you know, my clients were like, I don't want this person or I don't want that person. I want you to work on it. And, and so, you know, if there were challenges or if there was, you know, an issue with, uh, with some, with someone, I would have to deal with it. And oftentimes for me often, and this is something that happens just as a black woman, we kind of take everything on ourselves and be like, you know what? I got it. Forget it. I'll do it. (laughs) I'll do it myself. And that's kind of what happens. And then also, I mean, I had a business manager, but my business manager was like new. So she was still trying to figure out how thing, how to operate and how to do things. And I really didn't have the the time to give and dedicate to her in the way that I wanted to. While also, um, and, and quite honestly, when I think about it, she was also a little bit green in that way, um, in, in, in running a business like this. And so it was like having to deal with her. And then there was a little bit, you know, those kind of, those kerfuffles in between, you know, employees that typically happen. So there was, uh, there was all of this pressure coming from different angles, wanting to satisfy my audience and regularly put out marketing content, wanting to make sure that my classes and my, and my courses and everything did well, wanting to make sure that my clients were happy with the lawyers that, that were actually assigned to their cases, wanting to make sure that my, my staff was properly trained, wanting to make sure that the staff actually got along well and actually were you know, were working as a cohesive unit because we had a mission that we were on and you know an overall mission and then just my own personal livelihood in terms of being an entrepreneur all of this means my reputation all of this means that i have to show up in a particular way where my clients know me they like me they trust me they feel like i'm giving them quality work they feel safe they feel protected they feel like their money's well spent so that's a lot of pressure <laughs> <laughs> that is a lot of pressure you it's know, so much to things. juggle <laughs> Oh There's my a gosh! Few things, a few things to consider, but you know, you know I think. Mm, go ahead. Sorry, I just had this visual because you said when you're burnt out, you tend to burn things down. <laughs> 
And then <laughs> n- now how we got reconnected was Dory forwarded me a feature that Goop had done on your candles, your candle rituals. So I was thinking to myself as you were talking, you, you, they, Goop's feature is called a candle ritual to attract love. And I'll put it in the show notes. But isn't it beautiful? It's like you hit this burnout, burn it all down part of your business. And then now you have this burning ritual, like a candle ritual in a new way that is just really encompasses all of who you are. And I definitely want to come back to this, the candle ritual and the spiritual counseling that you've added on in addition to doing the legal stuff. But you you have mentioned in 2016, like you had to take a year off. So just tell us, what did you do? You realized you were waking up with panic attacks. It was so much pressure. Take us from there to where you ended up now. Like, how did you take that space that you needed with all this over your head? Well, yeah. So in, uh, so in 2016, I mean, during 2015, I really, I had to do the thing that most entrepreneurs hate to do, which is I had to lay off some people. So I had to lay off my staff and I had to shut down marketing and production and things like that. I had a podcast at the time. Um, and so I, did you you have to pare down your clients as well? Did you put your clients on pause while Paring down the um, staff. Yes. So there were some. There were some clients that you know. Obviously, I had to make some money. So you know, there were some clients that I um, that I kept working with um, regularly and working with them on retainer. But the majority of you know, like like I shut down. I wasn't doing any launches or any products or anything like that. Um, I even shut down marketing in terms of I stopped emailing my my list and I, I just I basically just said you know um, I remember my friend basically saying you know if you were if you were sick you'd have to take a break so just take a break and be sick and I and that always stuck out to me because at that time you know it wasn't some nice you know, uh, slow, you know, peaceful transition. I was fighting tooth and nail to save my company. I didn't want to, I didn't want to shut down. I didn't want to, you know, quote unquote, be a failure. I didn't want to do any of that. So I was like, no, I can't, I can't shut down. I have to do. And she was just like, she just, she, she told me she was straight up. She was like, you have to, you have to, or you're going to die. (laughs) And that was really a realization for me. That's like, you know, even if it wasn't a physical death, it would have been a spiritual one. And so, um, and an emotional one. So I, you know, I did the very, very hard thing that I did not want to do was I shut everything down and I just was with myself. <laughs> I was just being with myself, being with my community of, you know, girlfriends and friends at the time and really just kind of sitting with, okay, the um, letting my nervous system come down from all of that because that was step number one. And so laying off people being, um, just being with my community and just kind of sitting with, you know, what do I, what do I want out of this life? What do I want to do? But even before that, I didn't even allow myself to have those questions. I just let myself rest. Um, you know, I had a girlfriend at the time, my girlfriend and I just kind of, you know, hung out and whatnot. And, you know, financially it was hard, but, you know, 
I had some support around me at that time, which I'm very, very grateful for. And it just allowed me to just kind of be with myself and figure things out. And I ended up going to, um, because I can't just sit, right? Because I am an entrepreneur (laughs) and I am an active person. That's even harder, right? (laughs) Right, that's hard. So I had to do something with my time. I was like, but, but whatever, but I decided, whatever I decided to do could not be career related or even be, um, focused on my career or what I was going to do or the next thing I was going to make or the next pivot I was going to have. Nothing. It had to be something completely different and just self-focused. So I went to yoga teacher training. I had been doing yoga for 16 years at that point. And, and so I was like, oh, this is perfect. I can deepen my practice. I can learn. I can be creative. It's not related to my business at all. <laughs> like I can really just kind of dive into that. And so that's what I did is I went to um, yoga teacher training uh, for the summer of 2016 and got certified as a, as a teacher. And I don't teach now, but I do... Um, but I, I I do credit yoga at this point for the ways in which it held me at that time because that time was so so hard and you know at that time I didn't even know if I wanted to be a lawyer anymore I didn't know if I wanted to be an entrepreneur I just didn't know anything and so I just let myself not know anything and just be present with what I was experiencing at that moment and just allow myself to just mentally and physically rest and also just be in community with other people. And these people know nothing about my business. They know nothing about my life. All they know is that I'm a fellow student in a yoga class. I love <laughs> and that. Was that. Great. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I went to yoga teacher training in Santa Barbara and it was oh, hilarious. Dude, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh same as you, like mostly to deepen my own practice and I was working at Google at the time, so I just kind of joked that I like, skidded into yoga teacher training like a stressed out mess, and I came out the same way. But mine was with like Playboy bunnies and actresses and NFL players. Like it was hilarious. Oh wow! <laughs> Who showed that up was, at that? That was you're like, oh yeah, not we're all students here. We're all students here, but everyone looks like they stepped out of a magazine. Wow. (laughs) Definitely not my experience. It was definitely more of a New York grind experience, but I love that. I love that you, (laughs) that you had that experience. What did you feel like it taught you? Just curious. Oh, I just loved it. It was like 16 day residential on these sacred grounds and eating vegan three meals a day. And up till that point, just like you, I had practiced yoga for about five years. So not 16 when I went And it was just so cool. You know, in a yoga class, they don't really get in the ins and outs of anatomy and the philosophy and the history and the, and so just as a teacher, it was incredible because, you know, you and I are probably lifelong teachers, no matter what we're doing in our life and in our business. And it's wild how you, to teach a class. So you're saying words, you're instructing every breath, you're looking at the alignment, you're making adjustments, you're making sure no one's in this most horrible triangle pose where they're going to blow out their knee. And it's so much to hold. It's just such an intense teaching experience. And then endless as a student. That's what I love about yoga is that same as you, like during all my worst times there's the mat and it's always there and it's it's always there it's, always it's like there. a it's like it's like just your most supportive friend it's like literally it really just is. come be on just come be on the mat with me yes put it on you know lay it all down be in your body breathe 
you know what I mean? Just be here. And it brings you so much for me anyway. It brings me so much into the present moment, like so much. It really does. And it's such a, it's like, because I think the poses are relatively unchanging. I mean, depending on the type of class and the music might change in the teacher, but there you are on this rectangle. And some days, like yesterday, I started a 45-minute class, and next thing I know, I'm in happy baby 10 minutes in, and I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) I've definitely had days like that where I'm just like, oh, what is it over? (laughs) Looking at the clock. Totally. But I appreciate those moments too, right? So it's like- Yeah, you're still there. And I just think what you said about rest is so important because- it's almost impossible to imagine what's next or to redesign or reconfigure anything when you are coming off that adrenaline cycle, like you said. And I think a lot of people are experiencing that now just because all the adrenaline of 2020 kind of shot us up with like stress and fear. It did. It's so much stress, so much fear. Our nervous systems were completely shot and so much anxiety. I mean, it it was very in, it was a very intense year and I mean, we're still not out of the woods. We're still in a pandemic. So, you know, it it definitely I feel at that at that time I think that it it's very important that when you do decide to take a break, even if you're taking not a, a full on break, like I'm shutting everything down, but even if you're just taking like um, small, small breaks, like, oh, I'm going to take a week off or a weekend or something like that, really just allow yourself to be in that break versus trying to figure out what's next or trying to figure out what you're going to do or how everything is going to look. Because I think that for me anyway, a lot of the answers come up intuitively. A lot of the answers come up through my body. And if I'm not in my body, but I'm in my head, then I'm trying to figure out things versus allowing things to just come and to understand how those things that actually come are the things that I actually need at that moment versus what I'm trying to force or figure or, you know, realign or reconfigure. Like, you know, just let yourself do that. And when you do that, then some of the most beautiful, you know, ideas and some of the most beautiful um, creative inclinations come out of that period of you just kind of being and resting and allowing yourself to just kind of be present with whatever it is that you're experiencing and let your nervous system come down. It's so true. We'll be right back just after this. I love the shift that you've made. I mean, just hearing you say all of this, I'm imagining 2015 Jonay looking at the life (laughs) and the way you work now. And I bet she wouldn't have even thought it's possible. Definitely not. Because the thing I realized was, is that what I kept coming back to in, in, like I said, I got, I went through many transitions mentally and emotionally or whatever during that period. But what I always kept coming back to was, was being a lawyer. What I always came back to was, you know, being a coach. What I always came back to was my spiritual practice. And that's all the things that I practice now. It's all the same stuff, but it was like, I had to kind of step away to realize it was really what I wanted. Like it was really where I wanted to be. And when I got out of the haze of burnout, I could see clearly that I was still connected to these things and I still wanted to do them. I still wanted to, you know, this is my gift to the world. This is the things that I was, these were, these are my callings. These are the things that I was supposed to do. And so 
it just, if I didn't do them in a way where I was an entrepreneur, they would still come up. I would still end up doing them. I would still end up guiding people and I would still end up uh, supporting people. I would still end up doing my best to empower people with information. I would still do my best to encourage people and, and help them to build you know, security and support around themselves. I would still do all these same things, but they might've just come in a different form. They might've emerged in a different way, but being, but me being an entrepreneur is something that I've always been. I've always been starting businesses. I've always been committed to being an entrepreneur ever since I was seven. And so it just made sense for me personally to those things that I believe are really my purpose to meld them together with what I believe to be my calling is. And Mm. then from there, you know, create the life that I wanted to live. What was your first business when you were seven? I had a friendship bracelet business. You did. I did. I did. See, my (laughs) my mom couldn't afford, we couldn't afford getting allowances and stuff. But what, but what I had was investors. So my mom gave me money. (laughs) She gave me money. I bought my little friendship bracelet materials and stuff. And instead of being on the, uh, the monkey bars at recess and stuff like that, I would sit and I would make friendship bracelets. And I actually had order forms. The people at uh, the fabric store, they all knew me. I had a whole case with all my color selections in it and I filled those out. And that's how I made money as a kid. I I didn't have an allowance. So (laughs) I love Um, it. I didn't have an allowance. I had investors. I had investors. (laughs) I had investors. And then like, and then like my grandmother, she might give me a little bit more coins and then I would go and buy some more colors. Like, yeah. And I knew, and I knew to like charge more for what I was, you know, for the labor and for the fact that I was the materials and all of that stuff. So those friendship bracelets, yeah, I was making a profit. And this was me at seven. <laughs> that is incredible. I just think the order forms like that just makes me oh, so yeah. giddy. Had so, and you know, and obviously I'm seven, so they don't look like, you of know, the, the kind of order form. But, you should, had but them. I had, I had a little notepad and people write down what they wanted. And then I put a little price on it and then I would make them at lunchtime or, um, or on recess. And then I would, you know, give them to them. <laughs> I just wish I could have seen Jonay at seven, like on Shark Tank. You know how sometimes they have the little kids? You just would have been like <laughs> I would I would have run you don't even understand I would have made that into an operation you don't even know like had a whole friendship bracelet like yeah. operations yeah. production like and everything sharks yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh it was gosh. it's true and and ever since then it's like I can look back at different points in my life and see what I was doing entrepreneurially. And the thing was, is that it, you know, it was innately connected to my, um, my desire to survive. Like it wasn't, um, you know, for me to have, you know, money to take care of my lunch or to, you know, or do the certain things at school that the other kids got to do or whatever, like, you know, those silly little book order forms and stuff like that. Like it, it made me, realized that I could have autonomy and I could take care of myself. And, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of born from that. And when I look at different parts of my life, you know, in middle school, in high school, in college, you know, I've been doing this. And what I realized is, is that, you know, being, being a, being an attorney um, was just, the ultimate calling for me in terms of one of the things that I knew I was supposed to do after I made the decision, it was like, 
I was driven and I knew that this is what I needed to do. And, and I still, to this day, I still love what I do. And it's funny because people always say like, you're one of the few, if any lawyers that I know that actually loves what they do. And I'm like, maybe I love it because I get to be an entrepreneur and do it. Like I get to, I get to work with really interesting people and change my business as I want to. And I get to do all, you know, I get to creatively do the things that I want to do. So it's not, it doesn't feel like, my my freedom is restricted. It feels like it's expanded. Well, and I love because you're you're right. I definitely don't meet many lawyers who seem to be thriving and living like <laughs> intuitively and with body wisdom and spirituality. And you're so inspiring as a lawyer because often when we hear the entrepreneurial stories, it's someone who quit their job being a lawyer. Like they quit the most oppressing job in this field. And uh, can you just tell us what kind of law? Like who are your ideal clients and what kind of law? Do you love the most? Absolutely. Um, I love, and this will be no surprise to you, Jenny. My firm is a business and intellectual property law firm, which means that I work with entrepreneurs. <laughs> so needed. And we all need it. We right. all need it. But, all these but, trademark but, shenanigans of exactly. trademarking every other word, TM. All the trademark shenanigans, all the technology shenanigans, the marketing shenanigans, all of them. Um, so yeah, Thank goodness I, for I, you. <laughs> it's true. I went to when I um when I went to uh law school like I thought that I definitely thought I was going to go into entertainment that's what I went to law school for I was like done and done obviously I was a former musician I was like this is where I'm going this is what I'm doing but then I took this business law class and oh my gosh it was like the heavens opened up I it was like this yes, this is what I'm supposed to do. And and literally I got an A plus in that class because I showed up every freaking day because I loved talking about how to protect entrepreneurs, how to help them start businesses, how to help them, you know, consolidate businesses, how to help them run them, how to expand on what it is they're doing. So from a business standpoint, like I look at wealth strategy and I look at security. So I look at specifically, how is it that you can grow the business and legally protect it? How can you, you know, look at and sure up what it is that you're currently doing? And then how can you actually take it to the next level while also maintaining that? that legal protection. And so I love melding together wealth and security and helping entrepreneurs learn how to, how to uh, do that from a legal perspective. And so that's what I do. And then obviously with intellectual property, I mean, if you're an entrepreneur, you have to think about that. You have to think about your trademarks and your patents and your copyrights. You have to think about those things because they're a major part of your business. And so it just it just worked together so it was less about um it was less about entertainment although many of my clients are people who have who are like you who have books and who have shows and who have you know offers on the table and in in TV and things like that so i do all of that work for them but but really my focus is not just on that aspect of like getting your work out to a larger audience, but also how do you secure the work that you actually have coming in? And oftentimes when you're dealing in media, there are no protections for the entrepreneurial side of, of what it is that you're doing as a business owner. You know, so that's something that I'm always thinking about is how can we actually protect what you're building while we also allow you to expand and to grow? So that's what I currently do. Okay, well, clearly, I'm gonna have to have you back on the show. So we can talk all about this. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I would be I'm, happy to. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm like, wait a second, we're doing all this fun 
understanding your story and the, the pivots and the shifts you've made and how you're creating more free time. And then, wow, we have a whole wealth of content, uh, not content, but conversation around what small business owners, which is who this show is for, can be thinking about. So let's put a pin Absolutely. in that one. Yeah, we'll definitely put a pin <laughs> in that. I'm happy to come back and talk to you anytime, Jenny. <laughs> because selfishly, I want to make sure we have time to talk about the scoop feature. And specifically, first of all, Goop is like the new Oprah book club, because I know everybody says if you get a Goop feature, it's amazing. It's like all kinds of interest and people reaching out. And uh, they wrote such a beautiful feature on this. I love thinking about you making your friendship bracelets, because I feel like that same part of you that likes to get your hands on things, you know, they have featured this part of you. And it starts off saying, how does a successful lawyer become a brilliant spiritual practitioner? Like, does it get any better? But the part that jumped out to me, which I love, is that it says in the article, it says right now she's fully booked for one-on-one mentoring, but see her open courses and VIP sessions and keep an eye out for upcoming business masterclasses. I just think it must take a lot of guts to tell Goop I'm fully booked right now and for have them put that in the article. And it just seems like I I doubt if the self we were talking about, the 2015 Jone, would have said that. You probably would have said like, bring them all, I'll fit them all in. And now here you are going, yes, I got this amazing feature and I'm fully booked. And I just want to hear a little <laughs> bit about that thought process to ensure that you stay just like beautifully balanced and sane as you are. You know, I, I really appreciate that. I wish I could take credit for that, but it was actually the writer because Goop, you know, people have their thoughts and their feelings about Goop, whether they love it or whether they feel like it's not for them. And it's, that's totally fine. But Goop has been amazing to me. They have been so kind. They've been so generous. And they, you know, the article that they wrote about me, they were very, they were very intentional. And I worked with the person who did the article. I worked with her for several months before she even wrote it. And so it was, she took it upon herself to let people know. And it was almost like I had, I had protected my own boundaries so much in a particular way energetically that I feel like she picked up on that. And when I told her that, no, I am, I'm fully booked right now. She just, I I felt like for some reason, she just knew to actually put that in there to protect a particular boundary for me. And I I appreciate that because it wasn't something that I said to her, like, make sure you let people know I am booked up. No, I just, we had, we were in conversation and I just told her and she was like, listen, you know, people, (laughs) I'm going to let you know she's already booked. And And like I said, I appreciate that, but I do think that it was, um, spiritually, I feel like that was a, um, it was a part of what I had already been putting out there in terms of energetically, just trying to make sure that the way I run my schedule creates a certain level of me being able to take care of myself and make myself the top priority so that I can show up in the best and the most high quality ways for all of the kinds of work that I do. And, you know, being a spiritual advisor was not something that was initially on my plate to do. It wasn't something that I wanted to do. It was something that just came to me to offer. And so 
I said, hey, why not? You know, let me just put it out there as an entrepreneur. It's like when you get those inclinations, you know, do what do what it is that you feel called to do. And, you know, you can't be afraid to put things out there, especially different parts of yourself when it comes to who you are. And, you know, I have a personal brand and my personal brand is really kind of centered on, you know, entrepreneurship and development and helping people to, you know, be their best selves and show up and embrace all the aspects of their selves. And that's outside of me being a lawyer, but the two things are kind of, they go together and they meld together because it's all me and it's all coming from me. I love how you listen to your intuition and you are so intuitive. And I just love hearing that this idea of spiritual counseling came to you as an intuitive hit and that you said, okay, then yes, I will add this into the mix. And not that you've replaced the law side or anything, but you are creating space and expanding how you show up. So it is still part of the same Joan A, but I bet it will attract even more of your right clients to know that you have this spiritual intuitive side in addition to the legal nuts and bolts. It definitely has, um, Jenny, to be honest, like I, from that article, I have attracted so many incredible legal clients and so many incredible coaching clients just because they are, it's almost like that article. And I didn't even realize this, but it was like that article gave them permission to be their full selves and to show up as their full selves. And they were like, I would want to work with somebody in these areas where I need support. I would want to work with somebody who also shows up as their full self because that's what I want. And so that was really amazing. It was, like I said, it wasn't something that I even realized was going to happen. And as an entrepreneur, we, we do have to stay curious. We do have to follow different hits and, and, and things like that, because like I said, sometimes that's leading you to a different direction and that direction might be more in alignment with where you are at this moment. And you have to allow yourself to be, you know, interchangeable and you have to allow yourself to continue to expand and to grow as a human being because that is ultimately what's going to expand your purpose in the world and the work that you do, your calling, like it's going to expand everything if you're expanding. And so I just always try to stay true to that aspect. And it doesn't, and it's all, it's always wild. It's always like, huh, okay, I'll try it. Let's see what happens. There's like a sense of humor sometimes. You're like, what? Okay. Here's a question for you. I call articles like the scoop feature. It's kind of well, I call it serendipity popcorn, like anything that you can put out that can just lead to these little kernels popping every which way and you don't even know where they're going to come from next. Did you, because I've heard you say a couple of things about energetically putting things out there first and getting aligned within yourself. Did you do anything or had you already shifted in some way that created the space energetically for this goop profile to just kind of come out of what feels like nowhere, but maybe there's a logical way she found you. <laughs> um, yes. So that whole four year period between 2016 and 2020, I was doing a lot of personal work. I, um, you know, I got into a program that supported people who were in, in burnout. Um, I got into therapy. I did um, a lot of self-development work. I was a part of a supportive community of women at the time. And I, again, moved, uh, you know, I, I relocated to a new, a new state that had a little bit of a slower pace, although my work is still 
based in um, New York and now Los Angeles, I, you know, I stay kind of stationed for now in New Orleans because it was a slower pace. So I made a lot of personal changes during that time. And I think that creating that personal space and working on myself kind of opened up the energy for me to even go into this new path, which then opened up the doors for, for Goop to come through. And I, in, it was a, I guess it was serendipitous, but it was also practical, meaning like I had a friend who was connected to Goop and she was, she had experienced my work and she was just like, you have to meet this person. Like she talked to a writer there and was like, you have to meet her. You have to just talk to her, just talk to her on the phone. Oh my gosh, she's amazing. Da, 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 da. And so, you know, the person got on the phone with me. We had like a 10 minute conversation and then she messaged my friend, like I'm writing about her. <laughs> like I have to meet with this person. We have to talk. I have to write about her. Da, 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 da. And so what I would say is, is that had I not done the personal work between 2016 and 2020, had I not followed the call to actually help my friend and do some work for her and help her through a particular time, she would have never got the inclination to say other people need to experience this and who else to experience it. But, you know, a, a major, you know, press junket that's per- that's focused on personal development And from there, that person got a chance to experience what I do. And then it kind of popped out from there. And so there were steps, but it was really guided by my own journey in terms of taking care of myself. That's so incredible. And before I ask you our our last question, you don't have any employees now, do you? I do. (laughs) You do? How many? Full time? No, no, no. I don't have, um, I have part-time people and I don't, um, and I, in, in, uh, I'm very, we are expanding, um, everything to, um, to go in a, um, in a direction of being, um, it's not just being all centered on me. And I'm very, very excited about that. I'm excited for the work to live in a different way. And so, yes, I do. I have, um, I have part-timers now and eventually, you know, COVID put a lot of things on hold. I had a whole yeah. different plan when I, when stepping into 2020, my plan looked a lot different than where it looked, than what it looks like now. However, yeah. you know, so I've had to make some adjustments. I did have plans to bring on full-time staff and do that whole thing at the start of 2020 and then things had to shift. And so I'm okay with that. I think that it was for the best for me personally. And so now it's kind of, again, more of a slow and steady, um, slow, steady and sustainable is where I'm at right now. (laughs) I love it. Slow, steady, sustainable, spiritual. These are the tenets. Exactly. Exactly. Those are the S's. (laughs) Yes. The S's. I didn't want to leave listeners hanging who were thinking, okay, go from 11 to what's your setup. So I always want to be sure that I ask. Last question is if you could give, if you could write our fellow business owners a permission slip for one thing, what would it be for? It would be to take a break. Take a freaking break. Like a lot, build breaks into your schedule. Even if you're like, oh, I love what I do. So it doesn't feel like work. It still is. And you need to take a break and allow yourself to just um, be in a space of creativity, meaning like being connected to the universe, being connected to yourself, allowing yourself to just kind of your nervous system to come down. Because even if you love what you do, there's still a lot of fast moving pace. We're in this technology world. 
like just allow yourself to breathe and be easy and be in it and in present with that. So taking a break and allowing yourself to be present. That's the permission slip I'd love to leave with everybody. (laughs) I love it. What an absolute delight. Thank you so much, Joni. You're welcome. And I thank you so, so much for, again, being an amazing and high quality human being, um, being in my life. And also this this work that you're doing right now, in my opinion, is going to help so many, so many people because we have, as you know, we've experienced so many entrepreneurs who have, um, who are coming to pivots in their lives or experience burnout or need those permission slips. And so I really honor and appreciate the work that you're doing in the world. And I'm just happy to support it in any way I can. Oh, thank you so much. Now my cheeks are hurting from (laughs) your smiling so much from this whole interview. <laughs> Truly, so, so such a just joy to speak with you. And I'm so glad that for anyone who doesn't already know Jone, that she's on your radar now. And I can't wait, we'll have to do a whole follow up on IP and actual like, you know, how, how people can protect themselves. So huge thanks again, and hopefully more soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I'd be happy to come back and share more about the the, the legal stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thanks everybody for listening. If you've listened this far, you get a gold star. Thank you. Word of mouth is the most joyful way we can grow this show. And it helps us land interviews with the luminaries and insightful guests that you would most love to hear from. Please send this episode to a friend who might find it helpful. And for show notes and related links from this episode, visit itsfreetime.com. While you're there, make sure you're subscribed to the Time Well Spent newsletter. You'll get instant access to my tech toolkit, a continually updated list of all the software I use, along with the total monthly spend to run my business, where no one works full-time, even me. Visit itsfreetime.com slash join. Remember, you are running the show. It's time for radical reimagining and everything is up for grabs. Let it be easy. Let it be fun and build with love.